What's up, everybody? Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi. Bags, uh, some quick news to get to here. Yankees-Phillies tonight, Tuesday night game postponed. Back-to-back -back nights, no Yankees-Phillies. Uh, Marlins, of course, also postponed. That came out uh, last night with a bunch of Miami players testing positive for coronavirus. Yeah, this is a big problem. Um, but baseball said, look, we knew this could happen. We've got some things in place to maybe sort of weather this. But the next couple of days are obviously going to be really critical, right? If we start seeing teams and players that the Marlins have had contact with start to blow up with cases, then the whole house of cards comes down. Hopefully that won't happen. But again, really, it's just a wait and see the next couple of days here. I heard Drew Holiday yesterday say the safest place on the planet might be the NBA bubble. We're going to get hoops. I know you're fired up. Your Brooklyn Nets yeah. are going to be in this playoff format we've got coming up. And so we're thinking NBA and no better guy to have join us here today than Kevin Herter from Shen, the second year Hawks guard. Kev, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're good. Uh, first off, you're healthy. Everybody's everybody's good. Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's good. Family's staying healthy and safe. Awesome. We got a lot of important stuff to get to with you, Kev. A lot of things you're doing in the off season uh, that are really cool. We want to ask you about. But first, we have to start with something stupid because that's what we do. I'm not going to ask whether or not you know what Magic City is, but NBA bubble related. Would you, Alex Caruso, one of your sisters, the Lakers guard, decided not to leave the bubble for his sister's wedding? He stayed in. I would. I don't know Alex really at all, but I know I would have probably left if it was my sister. Um, and I do. If you live in Atlanta, you definitely know what Magic City is. If you if you don't live in Atlanta, I think everybody knows what Magic City is. So, uh, so Lou Will, I guess he went and he got some chicken wings and some hot wings. He loves them, and he went right back, and he was a really good teammate for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, how much are you looking forward to actually seeing some NBA basketball again? I don't know if you're watching this kind of redux of a preseason, but when games tip off Thursday night, man, are are you do you turn into a fan? Oh my god, of course. With I mean, there's really nothing else to do all day. So that's what's great about these games is there's been two or three a day, and and I think I just have them playing in the house, and you know every room is just kind of going, and there's basketball on, and it's it's a great feeling, and. Uh, and previously the Yankees had been on and any any time obviously that sports are back on TV even as a as a person in the entertainment industry in the sports world it's great to just be able to watch them again all right so give us a little bit of a prediction here you know everybody always wants to go right to the bad news and talk about the bubble and the virus and all this let's talk some hoops here who do you like heading into let's assume everybody's healthy and this thing goes off the way it's supposed to who do you like to come out on top yeah, I um, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to be really tough to beat. You know, especially coming from the Eastern Conference. Um, but I think ultimately it's going to come down to whoever wins the Lakers Clippers series, and it's kind of fun. I think it would have been really interesting to see that series played in LA, like with all their fans. I don't know the last time that's happened, but obviously now with no fans and they're in the bubble, um, it's going to be interesting. But I think whoever ends up winning that series will end up taking it all. Kevin Herter with us here. Uh, Kev, how difficult is it? Take us into the mindset of an athlete here and a, and a pro basketball player. How difficult is it to like just all of a sudden 
ramp things back up again in order to play in this environment. Is it tough for these guys? It is really tough. And I think the most frustrating part um, that we had, I know as a league, is we had no direction really the whole time. And there was no timetable for when we were, we thought we were going to come back. And when our season got shut down, it was it was like the league and they they couldn't really do much about this. But just as players staying ready, it was tough. They really sent out a, an email every two weeks that was like, yep, we're going to wait another two weeks and see how it goes. And then two weeks go by and it's, okay, we're going to wait another two weeks to see how it goes. We're, we're working really hard, though. And so that was frustrating, just not knowing what was going to happen, if we were going to play at all, uh, where we were going to play, if you were supposed to be staying ready. I know that the league was really uh, was really pushing that we don't just go and go to a random gym and play with random people. So it was, it was hey, we, we might have a season. You have to stay ready, but, hey, you can't go to that gym. You have to be in your house. If you have a home gym, you can work out there. But other than that, you know, just wait it out, just hang out. And really, as an athlete, that's not something that's realistic. And we don't really like to take time off unless we know we're going to get time off. Just you have to keep your body right. Um, so I know it's a lot tougher on older guys. I know everyone's going to be like, hey, Kev, you're only 21. And you know, I get all that. But uh, the league isn't 21. And there's a lot of older guys in the league that have to get ready and keep their bodies right. So I think at the end, it really worked out. Um, these scrimmages are great. It's some really ugly basketball right now, if, if you've been watching them. And a lot of guys, you can tell, are getting back into shape and getting everything moving. So hopefully in the end, it works out. We have no injuries. But uh, it was a weird couple months and we're not playing but I know that was frustrating yeah so being on team not in the bubble how much contact are you in with your team like are they are they having you do anything right now or is it pretty much look we're just going to kind of ride this out at least for a few more weeks until maybe we can start to come together as a team yeah so our team per the league we're allowed to work out in our facility but only on an individual basis and so that means we have right now it's two players at a time are allowed. And so, you know, my workouts usually start at nine. So I go in with another player and, and we walk up and you drop your phone in a bag, you wipe your hands down, you wipe your phone down, you put on a mask and you walk and you go to a station and at your station, you change, you're not allowed in the locker room and you go right into the weight room. You're allowed to take off your mask. Once you're in the weight room, Everything you touch, we have our strength trainers literally walking around with a spray bottle that everything you touch, they spray and wipe down right away, even if you're in the middle of a set and are going to use it again. And so we get about 40 minutes in the weight room, and then we go straight to the court. Again, mask on when you're walking to the court. Once we're on the court, we can take the mask off, and then two new players come in and go to the weight room. So then right when – so we're on the court for about 45 minutes, individual, one player, one coach, and then right when that ends, we – walk straight out like i said there's no locker room there's no hanging out dilly dallying it's um you know right when the workout ends we're going right back to the car and the guys from the weight room moving to the court and there's two new guys coming in so it is like clockwork i know that our nbpa has been really protective and, and wants all live play to be restricted to just the bubble and they were looking at doing a bubble for us uh it's still in the works it's still talking whether it gets done i don't know it just it's a lot to figure out i know for a while all they wanted to do is figure out orlando but for right now, I know that they're really only comfortable letting teams play against each other in a bubble type scenario. I'll be the one to say it because I know you can't, Kev. The Chicago idea, enough, enough. Play the games that are going to happen in Orlando. Why take the risk with teams that aren't part of a playoff scenario? We, we, look, we'd love to see more hoops. We don't need Chicago, though. In the interest of health and safety of players, 
we we just don't need it. Um, Kevin, how weird is it to play in front of no fans, which these which which these teams are going to do? So I guess I'm leaning on kind of an AAU experience. If there was a time where there were maybe only like parents in the stands, yeah, it's really weird. It it definitely is really weird. We're so used to at this point playing with sound and being able to block out sound as you're playing. Um, but I think it's it's kind of just like the times we're in. It's extreme circumstances, um, and, and we gotta we're on the court. And I know that if we weren't playing, everyone talks about paychecks and health and safety, and there's a lot of different factors that went into restart. But if fans are the only way that we can play games and get paid, then I guess that's the way it's got to be. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we start next year without fans. And I don't right. know if it'll be a bubble or we'll be traveling and going to cities again, but I wouldn't be surprised if really any sport has fans. Um, but at least we're playing. So it's definitely really weird, though. Obviously, nobody knows the answer to this question, but I guess I'll just ask you your gut feeling on this. And I know we still have a playoff season here to get through, but when do you think is the next time that you will play in a competitive NBA game? In other words, when do you think we get to next season? I think, you know, they're looking at December as, as a start date. I know the training camp has been talked about for December. Um, nothing's been agreed upon. Again, as, as you guys know, everything has to be NBPA and NBA in agreement has to come. And I know that um, there's been talks uh, about a start date. I know that I think the playoffs this year is supposed to go to the end of September, almost into early October. And then you're asking guys to start up again a new season a month and a half later. So there's a lot of things that have to be figured out um, and we'll see. But I think that we'll be playing again in December regardless. If you were living in a bubble and could only have one food, what would it be? <laughs> That's a really good question. Uh no way. I don't think I know. I don't think I know. I would just pick like Chipotle. That would be my answer. If I could get like a Chipotle bowl, I would have that for every meal. All right, enough variety there for sure. Um, Kev, let's talk about your year with the the Hawks. You improved in every major offensive statistical category: points per game, assists per game, rebounds as well. We threw up the stats earlier. Here they are again. Um, your free throw percentage jumped by a ton which as an old guy, I, I, I appreciate because I love to see guys who can make free throws. Um, give me a grade maybe on, on your second year. Where do you feel like you were as a, as a rookie and, and how you grew? My second year, I know I made a lot of improvements. I think I overall felt more comfortable in the NBA, but I would still give myself probably a B rating. You know, I thought you know, especially injury-wise, there was a lot of things I needed to take care of in terms of learning how to deal with my body and, and be a better pro. Um, and a lot of different things that worked for me. I've changed my diet completely up. I've changed the way I work out, and it's helped me a lot. But you know, injuries kind of plagued this year. And and for a while there, even when I was on the court for a month, I uh, was still just trying to get right. And so I know I can play a lot better. I know I improved a little bit. I think a lot of that is just being comfortable in the NBA and the guys I'm playing against but I know that I can play a lot better. Um, but that free throw, that was something that I know I was disappointed in my, my rookie year. I was a lot better of a shooter than my free throw percentage was. And uh, that was all mental and kind of learn a new way to go about free throws in the off season, talk myself through different things and overall shot it better. All right. So then building on that, that improvement, what are the goals now for next season for you? 
For me, it's to play a whole year healthy. That was Coach Pierce asked me my rookie year. He goes, what's the goal for you this year? And I said, to play every game. And I knew that I'd improve the most if the more minutes you play in the NBA, the more you improve. I knew that if I stayed on the court, I would improve a lot more. So next year, I want to play every game. And obviously, as a team, we don't want to be arguably the worst team in the league again. We want to make the playoffs. Uh, we've said it. We think we're going to put together a team that can do it. We think we have a really good group that can do it. Um, and individually, just continue to get better, continue to shoot it better. I want to try to shoot 40% from three. Uh, that's something I know I can do. Um, and I just kind of really across everywhere. I, I know that I can play better than I did this year. Here's one of the biggest changes for next year. You threw this up on your Twitter page. Uh, the old is new and the new Hawks unis for next year. It isn't the straight throwback to the, to the Dominique days bags where you had, you know, the right across the chest, like in block lettering. But but these are pretty sweet. What do you think, Kev? No, those are really cool. And I think we're really happy about them. I know our owners, um, they're really happy about them. They you know, actually, when they bought the team a couple of years ago, um, I think this was always the plan as they come to New Jersey that went back to the Atlanta Hawks original roots, back to kind of an old school throwback type of look. And they went with our jerseys last year just because of the colors uh, were vibrant and kind of make our team a little bit more exciting if you had a, a different color jersey. But I think the plan was to always come back to a jersey like this. So they're really happy with how they came out. I know that all the players, we think they're sweet. Um, and we always have cool alternate, alternates. So new jerseys, new team, hopefully a uh, new record too. These kind of photo shoots here always make me wonder, like, like you have a great job, right? Everybody would love to have your job. But so like basketball aside, like – what is the worst part of your job? And when I say basketball aside, I mean like, you know, I got switched and I, I'm guarding LeBron on a play. Like, yeah, that stinks. But take basketball out of it. What is the worst part of being an NBA player? Is it the, the travel? Is it like those kind of photo shoots you have to do? What is it? I'm not going to lie. Our travel is pretty sweet. That's definitely not the worst part of the gig. Um, photo shoots, definitely you have to get used to them just because it's – yeah, for photo shoots like that that we do, it's really at the beginning of the season we go to some place and it's like five hours that you're just going from station to station, switching jerseys, switching clothes. We're taking all our our hawk shop that's in our arena, all the all the clothes that they sell and wear, they use us to model them. So it's not random people that they pay. So we got to change in all these different outfits and do it. It's like five hours of your life. Like you said, it's like I didn't sign up to be a model. I signed up to be a basketball player. Um, but it's fun. It's kind of just part of the gig. That's the type of stuff you remember when it's all set and done along with the basketball. But I would say the worst part about being an NBA player, at least for me, is it kind of takes away your privacy and your ability just to go places and kind of go under the radar unnoticed and just be normal. And for the time being, you don't really want people to bother you or say anything to you or, or ask you for something. Um, and it's great. Don't get me wrong sometimes, especially when I come home and everyone loves to see you and, and they talk about you and they tell you they've been watching you. But there's sometimes where it's, it'd be nice to flip the switch and you get a little bit of privacy back. What I'm hearing, Chris, is he's got to talk to guys like us idiots when he's got an anniversary with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's but, uh, media, it's the, it's the constant attention. It's all of that stuff, which I'm sure is, is yeah. just difficult for anybody to, to have to deal with. Um, you can see on the bottom of your screen there, Kev's on Twitter if you want to get into his private life. He's on Twitter and on Instagram. 
at Kevin Herter at Kevin underscore Herter as well. Um, all right, Kev, off the court, since we're on the subject of photo shoots and stuff off the court, here's some cool things that you've been doing this off season. Again, this is the Hawks Twitter account. You retweeted it, though. Uh, you and a bunch of your teammates were at a Black Lives Matter rally in Atlanta. Why was it important for you to be there? Just continue to show my support. And you know, for me, that day was really eye-opening. And I, I did use it as a learning experience um, and going to and listen to different people speak and people that truly knew what they're talking about. I think there's a very big difference of obviously there's a whole movement going on right now. It's been going on for a long time, but we had the right people speaking, the right people that, that knew what legitimate change could be done, especially in the city of Atlanta and really nationally uh, when it comes to voting, um, when it comes to just putting the right people in office, people that are going to make a change, educating the public about what type of people to vote for, what they can do for us. And obviously justice for, for different things that have obviously happened over the past couple months. So for me, it was great to go listen to. I think, like I said, I learned a lot. And just being a part of a team in a, in a very majority black city, um, in a city that takes pride in their black heritage, um, and especially me being, being a white person on the team, and along with the other coaching staff, just trying to show my support that I'm a part of it, that I want to be part of the change, not um, on the flip side. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that have spoken out about, you know, you truly have to be anti-racist in today's world. You can't just be silent. And, you know, I just chose not to be silent. Do you feel like it's almost a responsibility for somebody in your position, somebody who has a platform like you do, who can get attention on a greater scale than most people to use that platform for things like this? And is that something you had really thought about until recently? Yeah, no, I didn't, honestly. Um, you know, these weren't some of the problems that we talked about I didn't exactly see every day in Clifton Park. And so now that I'm in a new city, I, there's different things you see that hit a, a little bit closer to home. I know my house is about 10 minutes away from downtown where a lot of different things were going on, especially, you know, every city really saw uh, an ugly spell there for a little bit, but it just hits closer to home. And, and I'm just, yeah, obviously I'm part of a great league that has a lot of different people speak out and are really passionate about speaking out and creating change. And, and we have to just continue to use our platform to, um, you know, moving forward and come together and be the voice for people that don't have a voice. And now you've teamed up with, what, about a dozen other NBA players. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is, is really kind of heading this thing off. And we'll show this, too, here. It's, it's Hoops for Humanity. Uh, and, Kev, tell us a little about, about this, man. This is really cool. You guys are raising money uh, to try to provide clean water to communities in Africa that don't have it. Yeah, so I first heard about this initiative um, from Justin Anderson. Justin Anderson was on our team last yep. year. He went to Virginia. He was Malcolm's teammate. And through Justin, you know, I met uh, Joe Harris, who I'm sure is is your guy up here. He's Joe plays for the Nets. He also went to Virginia. So there's a lot of Virginia guys involved in this. But it's they go to Africa, they donate money, and you know they go and they, they simply just try to bring water to Africa to people that don't have it. They'll build wells. Um, Obviously, they donate a lot of money and they just put their time and, and their effort into into creating water and creating new opportunities for people. So um, I'm, I'm 
like I said, I heard about it last year, something that I wanted to get involved in. And I think it's grown in the NBA. He's, he's up to, I think, like you said, 12 players now. I know that every year he's added a couple more. And, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of it and continue to watch it grow. Info's at the bottom of your screen. You want to make a donation uh, for Kevin's efforts there. Hoops for Humanity. Go to BrogdonFamilyFoundation.org. And, Kev, because you do so many of these things for free – and you do a lot of them. And I know part of it's just the responsibility of being an NBA player. Honorado Bagnari is going to make a donation to that foundation uh, for joining us here today. So thank you, man. It's a great thing you're doing. We appreciate you always giving us some time here in the 518. So we're going to chip in our part uh, because you're so good to us, man. Thank you. Of course. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Uh, all right. So it is the off season here. Um, obviously, the pandemic has a lot of things closed that would otherwise be open. So basketball aside, what are you doing to have fun right now? I mean, what are you doing? Obviously, you're you're spending a little time with the girlfriend today on the anniversary. But, you know, what are you doing to like what are you, what are you watching on television? How are you spending your time right now? So we've been binge watching Ozark uh, so that we're about we actually have the finale today. So we've been saving that. Uh, been playing Call of Duty, been playing video games. Um, yeah, we got a dog actually at the beginning of this whole quarantine. So I've had him about three months training him up, trying to make him give me his paw or something, uh, <laughs> taking him to a park and, and really just trying to lay low. It's kind of the same old route. Don't really know what's going on. We get a, my agent will call me every couple of days and update me on things he's heard. Um, but it's, it's not anything too crazy trying to stay away from restaurants, eating a lot of takeout, um, and just hanging out. Ozark is dark, but man, it's good. We actually had to balance because we did the same thing, binged Ozark, but like every now and then it was like, all right, let's mix in a Shit's Creek because Ozark is dark, man. It is. And it was filmed on Lake Lanier, and Lake Lanier is about 30 minutes north of here. So it's, it's, I think they talked about there's a season four coming up. So I don't know yeah. if I'm going to drive up to the lake and try to meet Jason Bateman. Nice. <laughs> get, a, get, get a cameo. I know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Kev, uh, I'm sure you're you're paying attention. Let me ask you this first. I'm sure you're paying attention to what the Braves are doing. But now that you're an Atlanta resident, I'm curious, which of the Atlanta pro teams, I'm not, I didn't throw the Falcons in here because I know you're a diehard Giants fan. So which of the Atlanta teams have you adopted as your own? And, and keep in mind, there is a correct answer here. Is it the United? <laughs> is it the Dream? Or is it the Braves? I'm going to go with the United. I'm staying. My favorite sports team is the Yankees, and that won't ever change. I know I'm in a new city. I know we got Ian down here in the Braves, which, speaking of which, you know, I've been playing a lot of golf. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I played with Ian uh, about a week ago. Nice. Um, so we're both trying to get better at golf. That's a big thing we're doing. Our team actually went out yesterday for Vince's retirement. We had a team-wide golf outing, which was ugly to say the least. Um but my team in Atlanta, I would have to say the Atlanta United, they're actually – they're a big deal down here. And I know the MLS isn't super popular in the States. A lot of people are still watching all the teams over in Europe. But their games, they play in the football stadium and they almost sell them out. So the games are actually a lot of fun. Not that we can go to them right now. Um, but the the Atlanta United is my team just because you know, I'm sticking with my Yankees. And the, and the Atlanta Dream. I went to a couple games of theirs last year too. Don't want to forget that. Who's the worst golfer on the on the Hawks? Is there anyone you've thrown under the bus? There, are, I would say there are about 
15 that are right in the same ballpark of they had to have lost about 50 balls yesterday. Like, and it was no exaggeration. It was ugly. So we, we got to get, uh, get a lot of different people some lessons. All right, Bags, before I let you get last word in here, buddy, um, Kev, I'm going to play you a clip here. This is from when Sean and I had both Ben and Ian on the show. This is before spring training, so go back to, what, February or so. Uh, and, and they talked about the days of travel tournaments and playing horse with you. Here it is. Growing up, going to all these like travel tournaments, we would have we would have a good amount of downtime. We would always like shoot hoops at the hotel and stuff. And I mean, this kid was always always winning horse. I think, I, I think <laughs> who was so, dumb enough to well, play him? I, I think I beat him one time in horse when we were like maybe like thirteen years old. Okay. But. So Ian is like, that's not me. <laughs> Trying to play him in horse. Do you remember those days? I do. Those were actually a lot of fun. Our our baseball team, we traveled a lot, even just being a team from Clifton Park. And so the hotels we stayed in were always those like the outdoor hotels with, yeah. with every room was a suite, but every hotel always had a basketball court. And there were a lot of times that we'd be staying at. Be up to no good, doing whatever. And he'd end up on the basketball court. And we'd have like five on five, our team versus another team and just like working teams. And it, it was easy. Uh, but those were a lot of fun. Um, they used to play travel basketball, too. I don't know if they mentioned that. So they used to play for Clifton Park and, and we'd play in that and tryouts and through our teams. Uh, but they're good athletes. They can shoot it. Ben's not wrong. Um, those horse games, they were competitive just because they can definitely still shoot it. Are you better at baseball than they are at basketball? Mm. <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Uh, yeah, I play. I played baseball till senior year. I think they might have been done with basketball by high school. So, okay, that's a good question. I, I won't give an answer just because it's probably about the same. Okay. Uh, shout out from Coach Tim Lang here, Kev. Uh, so many outstanding pro athletes doing so many great things. Going back to what you're doing off the court. Kev comes from great stock. We certainly know that with your family uh, in the capital region. Hey, shout out here too. I see you're on Cameo, which is really cool. If you want a personalized message, if you're in the Atlanta area, if you're in the capital region, you want a personal message from Kev for any occasion, go to Cameo, search Kevin Herter, and uh, and he'll hook you up. It's uh, a lot of it is is always for a good cause too, which is really cool. Uh, Kev, man, again, we appreciate it so much. Thank you, dude. Hang tight. Bags and I will wrap up here. We'll, we'll catch you on the other side of, of, of this broadcast. But we really enjoy it, man. What was for breakfast this morning? Pancakes. You got it right. Beautiful. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> I'm a one-trick pony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. You know what? We're simple. Thank you, dude. All right, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. I love doing these as much as I joke about it. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Beautiful. All right, Shawnee, the great Kevin Herter, man. That was cool. Really, really cool. All right, we're going to do one thing with Kevin here before he pops off. Um, Bags, I will see you in a little bit. We've got some exciting stuff this week coming up for the show, Honorado and Bagnardi, so I'll see you soon, buddy. Yep, and be sure to check out that video you just posted on our time in the gym with Abraham Supernova. Um, we took a few punches, mostly you. Uh, so that's really entertaining. If you have always wanted to see Chris get punched, go check out that video. I haven't been punched since like, I don't know, maybe sixth grade when it was like 315 at the flagpole. So you, you, know? were, you were due. 
And, no. and you know what? This made up for all those years of not being punched. And dude, you know, I'm as soft as it gets. I put on all kinds of padding. <laughs> Good stuff. And and you needed it because his right hand is a sledgehammer. Yeah. Check that video out. Abraham Supernova. He's 19 and 0. All right, bags. See you soon, buddy. Thanks for watching, everyone. Kevin Herter.